Hi, and welcome to the Greatest Music Podcast, where we listen to ours and other people's favorite songs, albums, performances, whatever music we can find to find the greatest music in the world. My name is Andy. And my name is Ian. And this is the Greatest Music Podcast. I feel like it's been a long time since we've done this because <laughs> we crammed the last couple in before vacation. And yeah, here we are. And here we are. I'm on vacation hangover, as they might say. Oh, really? Well, dude, but you were out in oh, the yeah. yard. Like, you're going at it pretty hard. Well, so. we were gone for six days for a wedding. And then, you know, you know how it is. All your chores get backed up. And then you have to just take care yeah. of it. Do your parents watch? Oh, that's right. See, there is an upside to, like, having your parents with you, you know, because you help take care of your parents, and then they're, like, there to watch the dog when you go away. Like, that was nice. We Like, when we go to the beach here in two weeks, mm-hmm. I need somebody to watch both of my ginormous dogs. And then, and then I had to think about it. We also have a bird now, and we have a fish. <laughs> like, Ooh. and they all need help. <laughs> like, they're no good on their own. No. <laughs> so, um... You've done it to yourself, though. I know. I know. And it's so bad. It's so bad. I just, I got a thing for the animals. I like the animals. Okay. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I got to tell you, I am super excited about this week. The more I listen to these guys, the more I love them. So this week we are talking about Biffy fucking Clyro. (laughs) You have to put it in the middle. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have questions. I have so many questions to start us off. Number one. Okay. Biffy Clyro. Explain this out to me. Oh, see, and here's the thing. Like, these guys have never given a straight answer. And they have fooled and duped and bullshitted so many people about where the name came from. So the two most reoccurring ones are that it's an acronym that means big imagination for feeling young because life yearns real optimism, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. But so that's that's the one that they give pretty frequently. Um, okay. And I feel like when you watch these guys on stage and you watch interviews with them, that can't be the real answer because they're like that seems like a funny joke to them that they would tell. Um, the other that they tell a lot is that as kids they really liked Cliff Richardson. Um, I didn't know who Cliff Richardson was. Apparently, he was some Christian singer or something from the Irelands, and hmm. they used to pretend that they were like his merch guys, and uh, the name evolved from from cliff richardson to biff to biffy to and then it just kind of went on from there like it devolved into this name their original yeah their original band name was screwfish yeah not as good (laughs) not not as good and equally what (laughs) you know where does that come from well that acronym say that acronym for me one more time big imagination Mm -hmm. for feeling young cuz With a C. Yeah. Because life yearns real optimism. 
No, that makes sense, though. Listening to their music, this concert, they're... Yeah, yeah so <clears throat> I'll just jump right into it. Half My Qualms was the recording versus their accent. <laughs> I couldn't pick up a lot of the words. And I know that's what you've slammed a lot of other people for, is I want to sing along. And when they slowed down and he was, like, singing, singing, I could follow him very well. Uh-huh. But there was half the times where I was like, what the heck is this dude saying? And there was a couple that I actually went on and Googled. And they have a pretty good, uh, their website themselves, they put all the lyrics up, which was helpful because I know it's not just some random dude at Metro Lyrics or AZ Lyrics putting up some dumb, and I'm like, that's not the words. Or what does this like song meaning lyrics or something that comes yeah, up quite frequently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they went pretty hard at their website recently. Um, I mean, when the when the whole pandemic thing started, um, because why I wanted to bring this band, because I have only recently found these guys. I found these guys in 2017 when this concert came up because I watched that pedal show. Do you watch? You definitely watch that uh, pedal show. Okay. On uh, from time to time, the pedal show and the Andertons. Yeah. So I was watching that. Yeah. yeah, I was watching that pedal show, and and um, is it Mick? Oh, I forget their names already. The it's lead been a singer? while. The long-haired lead singer guy? No, no, the guy from that pedal show. Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was names. interviewing Simon Neal. They were doing like band gig rigs, I think, is what yep. like the offshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really excited about Simon Neal. One because he's always been a fan, but two because Simon Neal always. And not always, but 95% of the time plays a Stratocaster. And Stratocasters are just not known as heavy, hard rock guitars. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're much more articulate. They're, they're more for that John Mayer feel, like that singer-songwriter, sure. blues, John lighter Mayer, rock. Eric Clapton, they were, yeah. all, they were both big Stratocaster kind of people. Yeah. A little more twang. A little mm-hmm. more high-end stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went through the show, like, and I watched the whole of that pedal show because I heard Simon Neal playing the guitar, and I'm like, really? Yeah, how is he making that sound? Um, and it's a it was a combination of terrible 80s junk amplifiers and uh, boss pedals. The vast majority <laughs> of his sound comes from... Like what I would call his quote unquote signature sound that he uses for sure. for the music is a boss metal zone, um, which is a, is a pretty decent pedal if that's your thing. Okay, I did see a comment somewhere that someone was talking about metal zone, and I thought it was like a inside joke because it seems like, and you've been with them for a little while now. This band sort of has running gags, inside jokes, yeah. sort of like things that just sort of happen, like. The Biffy F and Clyro. Like that's a thing. That's a I don't <laughs> in, I don't in think so they, many different ways. <laughs> right. And every time it was said, they said that. And then even the crowd was chanting Biffy F and Clyro. Like they were <laughs> yeah. just Okay, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think it helps too that they're when they actually got together as a band when they were in they were friends in high school. 
Um, and they started their band, quote unquote, in high school. Um, but they went to college in Glasgow, which is where this festival took place and all mm-hmm. of that. So it really helps to have like home field advantage um, when you do that and be in the headliner and everything. But um, yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot. They refer to themselves as a family because there's two other guys that are in the band that aren't in the band. Um, I don't know if you saw in the video. They have a, a guitarist. What's his name? I think it's Mick Mike, something or rather. Yeah, v- Vermint or Vermont. Yeah, or something. I saw that popping up in the comments. Is everybody's like, "There's a guy off to the side. Why isn't he?" And but it was like, "No, they love him." Yeah, and they've chosen to be off to the side because they're doing secondary roles. They know their place, which that's and, cool. And it is, it's, if you watch closer, like I went through a lot of concert clips, he doesn't play that much. He's a, like, it's a sound thing um, for them. You know, like there's a lot of times my buddy John was, was, uh, what do they, they call him? The, the, the tech member of the band or whatever for, for Paramore, where you do all the sounds that the guys up in front actually putting on the show can't do. You know, so if there's a random keyboard part, he would play the random keyboard part. If there was, you know, if you needed that extra guitar in the background, he played the extra guitar in the background, the bells Mm -hmm. off drum sounds. And so there's that guy. And then there's another one, um, Richard something rather. He does guitars and piano like background sounds as well, because one thing that you don't get from just listening to this concert is there are some songs that are driven by certain instruments that don't actually come through in the concert. Like, mm-hmm. um, like black chandelier are biblical. I think is what it is. I get the song names mixed up a lot. Um, is really driven by this really heavy synthesizer. Um, that's just shoved in the background in the live show. And I don't think it misses it by any means, but it's Biffy Clyro. <laughs> Biffy Clyro. Biffy Do you Clyro. know where the effing thing came from? Or is that just a Scottish thing? I think it's a Scottish thing, really. Like Scottish people are fairly well known for their cursing and their their bullshit. They cursed a lot. They did, yeah. Um, they did not talk a lot, and I don't think there was any time that they didn't curse. Yeah, there was a couple lines he didn't curse and do your worst when they they got to play. Oh, that, I thought that was like, yeah, Glasgow, do your worst, and yeah. I thought that was a really good line. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. Yeah. Cause there's like they have an energy to them, like mm-hmm. it's it's not frat boy energy, like, but it's close. It is. I mean, dudes are walking out with no shirt. We almost did the episode <laughs> with no shirts uh, as oh. a joke, but no one would have appreciated that except you and I. And yeah. we could tell you that we had our shirts off, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. and, and sequin pants and sequin pants. Yeah, so that that actually started from a, a legitimate thing. When they when they started touring on their first couple of albums, they would pack up all their clothes that they owned. They didn't own much. They were very poor and starving, and they would put it in the van or the bus. And by like they would always say by the, like the third or fourth week, it was so disgusting they would just end up throwing it out. Mm-hmm. So they started packing a lot of pants and not so many shirts because you can get more. Like you have to keep the bottom half covered, right. <laughs> unless you're the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, in the early 90s but um, it came out of a legitimate hey we need more space and if we don't pack shirts we we don't stink as bad <laughs> um, but shirts don't take up that much i guess it was the stinkiness because i mean you get hot and sweaty playing uh, music well you saw 
I mean, you saw Simon Neal up there. Like, his long hair was just dripping partway through. Oh, it was beautiful at the beginning, and it was in the nice half ponytail. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And by the end, it was just a sweaty mess. It was. And it was. Well, it looked like it was hot and rainy and all that kind of stuff, too. I don't know much about the weather in Ireland. Well, it was raining at the beginning of the concert. I mean, everybody was in raincoats. And he even mentions that they shooed the rain clouds away or whatever it was. Okay. I didn't pick up on that. I've that was in the middle. They had some. They had a little interaction. The drummer was talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, it took. Did you notice it took him a while to kind of get those mic levels set for this recording? Like it took three or four songs till they came to a much like. It took. It took a few songs for that to actually get put in where it was acceptable. You know, mm-hmm. it was bubbles. Bubbles is where it connected for me. Okay. Like, it felt disjointed, and I mean, they were tight, and even those first couple songs, which I want to hit on those in just a second, but it was, wasn't until Bubbles, which was after his, like, they played a couple songs, and they were like, hey, everybody, yeah, welcome out to the concert. We're Biffy Clyro, <laughs> and then, then they, they went into, know. the yeah, right? I mean, there was a lot of you there. I think you knew who was... That's a thing. Why Why do bands have to do the, hey, we're so-and-so from wherever? I don't and know. They I, just... I think maybe they don't have much else to say, <laughs> really. Because it, it is, they, what I, the reason I wanted to do a concert for these guys as opposed to an album was they have an energy. Like, it is, this is, to me, the the bar standard for rock and roll, like, it's no frills, no no special video lighting thing in the back. I mean, they had a light board, don't get me wrong, with videos and things like that. And there was pyrotechnics. I think a lot more of that was the the, the venue. Festival. Yeah, and the festival more than what they would actually take with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's just, it's rock and roll. Like, stands up with the guitar, hits the distortion pedal. You know, and they just start playing. I know. And it's fun, too, because they play that slightly different every time. Well, it's because they change the beat, and they take that whole introductory part there, and they mess with the downbeat. Like, what's the one? What's the two? Because if you follow it from the very first beat, it doesn't make sense. But they it they just, like, chop it. And then they bring in that bop, bop. Bop, 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 like, and they do that three-part bop, bop, bop mm-hmm. harmony to make the verse go, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they got some stuff going on there. Like, it's not just, it's not like Green Day where only one of them can kind of sing. Like, they can all, <laughs> they can all work it together. I yeah. noticed they were doing that. And yeah. That song title was really good. What was that called? It was, uh. Living is a problem. Living is because a problem of... because everything dies. Yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's worth the song alone, the title. Yeah, I don't know much of the words to that one. Yeah, but that was from I, their 2007. Like that song's been around since 2007, and okay. to me, it reads, it reads 2021. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that that song is is pushing 15 years. Like, there's something to that. So they have they have seven albums all together. They had their and seven albums all together that started back in 2002. Um, when they put out their first professional album, is how they say okay. it. Um, mm-hmm. So 2002, first professional album. This concert, they played at least one song from every album since then. This wasn't just... Songs. 
it was a lot of songs. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Um, but they played uh, from from Black and Sky, which was their 2002. They played from the Vertigo of Bliss from 2003. They played from Infinity Land in 2004. And then there was a three-year break in from 2004 to 2007 where they, they did Puzzles, uh, which was like their first big breakout album where there was like four four that hit the top charts on the radio and oh i thought you said they took a break and they like just got into puzzles real hard <laughs> yeah that would seem totally normal too. <laughs> we're, we're just taking a puzzle break a three-year yeah. puzzle break so yeah so they have that and then only revolutions and opposites and eclipse that's the four up till then um they've had two albums out since this uh since this concert in 2017 they did the entire soundtrack for a movie uh, called Balance Not Symmetry, and then A Celebration of Endings, which I sent you a while back. That's uh, right. Is that what The Wolves of Winter was on? No, The Wolves of Winter is on Eclipse. That's how they started the show. Okay. Very first song yeah, I ever heard of them. Been in love ever since. Yeah, I knew that one. I think you sent that one to me before. So Maybe like when it came, times. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we are the wolves of winter. Yeah. I was like, okay, I know this song. And it just starts out with this, he's singing the really high falsetto, like, and then just dun-dun, 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 dun and then, like, and they, everybody just screams, and it's, and then it moves on to that, like, there's that middle section before the chorus where it's just the clean, like, and then, like, it's this song that fits no genre in my mind, other than to say, it's rock and roll, <laughs> you know? Like, sure. I, well, I think from this whole concert, I saw that a lot. There were some moments where I'm like, you're dang near metal right now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, doing the scream and stuff. But then there was other times where he pulls out his little Takamini acoustic guitar and he's like, sings a <laughs> yeah. song just by himself. I was like, whoa, we're all across the board here. All across the board. But it all made sense. Like, none of it seems out of place. Uh, the heavier stuff feels, you think, a little more forced to me, hmm. because I thought when they slowed it down and got more into like the pop punky, like Reliant K. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. There was there was one song where the riff was almost the same as, um, I'm falling out. Do, 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 do. You know that one? Yeah. Um, that's, okay. There was a riff that was the. It felt almost the same. Well, if, it was and, probably coming from like the 2003, 2004 era, which would make sense. Sure. Yeah. So the, I thought they were just really good when they. When he played the guitar, like he didn't just strum heavy metal chords. When he was actually like picking through notes and being very melodic on his good that's when they shine the most for me because the drummer and the bass player were really good at holding down the fort for him to just sort of be i mean there was a couple times he was way up on that neck just with a weird hand position just playing stuff and i'm like i don't know i i'm not even gonna try and think about how to play what he's playing right now and that's the thing Normally, when I listen to something like this and see people playing, I'm like, "Ooh, wait, let me see how he's playing that." I didn't do that once. They were they were just such tight of a band and playing all over the place that I was just taking the music in that as a whole. 
that I wasn't going, ooh, what's he doing? What's he doing? I, yeah, there was really any a point in this concert where I was, I was noticing one person doing something over another. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think that's, so their first, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, their first seven of the eight albums that are on here, that's how they recorded everything. They refused to track stuff out. They recorded in a room together at the same time. Um, and then, I mean, obviously you have to overdub and make little changes and things like that. But Sure. Um, and so I think that really led to, I mean, this live show that's nearly flawless. And what I loved, when he did make mistakes, you could see him laughing at himself. Or he, mm-hmm. or he would say, oops, you know, or things like that. Yeah. And it was just one of those, like, not professional, but I totally loved that he's not trying to play it off. He's just like, oh, played that wrong, <laughs> you know? I think it was, it might have been biblical when the crowd just sung his guitar part oh, for yeah. him. Yeah, he totally misses it. And they're like, do, 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 do. Uh-huh. And then they just, and then they just go right back into it. And then he hits it the second time. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple times where stuff was going on in a few of the songs where it was like, ooh, I would love to hear the recording of this because there's another thing happening that the crowd was doing mm-hmm. and playing the part of, but the band wasn't doing. Yeah, and I think that's because they they tried like they stick really hard to that three piece setup. Like ninety percent of the yeah. of like what's driving those songs is coming from the three of them, and some of the stuff they do like the um, like the past two or three albums, there have been entire orchestras in some songs, you know. But you watch the live show, and not having heard it before, you didn't miss it. Like you didn't think there needs to be something else here. Like it's, no. You know, and they make up for it by, I mean, they're like 43, 44 at this point, going balls to the wall, <laughs> like kicking, jumping, slam, play it. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's rock and roll, like in, in its most pure form. Yep. Yeah. They did bring an energy through the whole concert. There wasn't really any law that made me go, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the they brought it song. down. Yeah, that they brought uh, it there down. There was what medicine, mm-hmm. I think. Is that an acoustic one? Yeah. So it went from from rearrange, which is the whole band. It's kind of a slow song that do 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 do, and then they went straight down like to just him by himself with the acoustic guitar. I think that's to give the other guys a break, <laughs> and then everybody comes back in with different people from 2013, which goes crazy. But that's a biffy thing. There was to do. another acoustic one too, wasn't there? No, I think there's only just the acoustic guitar just on the, the one. one. Yeah, he changes guitar for rearrange. He uses uh, 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 P90s on a semi-hollow body. Um, but the rest, I think, was a Stratocaster. I did notice that. Yep. He yeah. had like a brown, was it a hollow body, something or other. Yeah, it was like a, probably like Maybe an a Epiphone three, or a, well, no, probably the Gibson. Yeah. The Gibson 335 or whatever it was. Yeah. And because on a Stratocaster, that would have come across just to chick, 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 chick. I, I think mm-hmm. when you we put that semi-hollow body in there, it fills in the sound a bit. Um, but, yeah. All right, hit some more. What, what, was your, what was your favorite song of the show? Or what was the first one where you're like, man, that's it? All right, so listening to it, the initial time, Bubbles caught me. Okay. Like the rest, so that was, we're one, two, three, four, five, six, six songs in, 
And I finally was like, okay, no, I'm with them here. Uh-huh. And I don't remember why it was. It was just maybe the lick and the melody. And it's a weird was... lick, right? Which like always like it had a country feel to the chord structure of it. But they're mm-hmm. like Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one's about and, suicide, no. by the way. And it, huh. it throws me okay. off. Like I don't get like they do a lot of of the lyrics mismatching the the music. Well, I think they just have their musical style, and then they sing about whatever they want to sing about over top of it. Because I did notice some of the lyrics that I could hear, it was just like, oh, you're talking about loving a girl here. And then this one's talking about how crappy that relationship is. <laughs> and then there's the other song about, you know, letting go of and dealing with uh, your mother passing away. And... um but then there's one about animal style, and you're just like, oh, this is all across the board, man. Oh. So it was their music was consistent. It's just their subject matters were all over the place. Yeah. Um, rearrange. Okay, so you like the lighter stuff. So, oh, when they got melodic, I really loved them. Okay, they were my jam. Like if they would have just stayed on the lighter side. Okay. I think they would have easily get thrown in my top new favorite music for sure. Okay. Not that I dislike the heavier stuff. It was just, I think they just really do the music musicality stuff really well. They they have good melodies. He's writing good guitar parts. They're they're gelling together as a band to make this sort of like full musical experience. Uh, Rearranged definitely was, I think. Do 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 do. That's gonna be in my brain, yeah, forever. I think. And I love that they um, never made the guitar do that. Like they always let that be a voice thing because I feel like it's, it's a like, it's a crutch yeah. that a lot of people use in modern music where they'll sing a line and play it. Mm-hmm. And I like they could have easily had it hidden in in the backing mm-hmm. track. Yeah. On the record, did they do it on the recording? Not that I could hear. No. Okay, because no. that, that's definitely a recording trick is just let's play it real light, but put it in the background underneath yeah. them singing it. And then when they're not singing it, it'll still do it. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And there was just an energy when they got into those melodic things. And that might have been it, too. This being the live concert is when they got Thousands into those really good when they got into those really good melodies and everybody is just going ham on it uh-huh. together. Yeah. And they're like, you're the best singers ever. You know, those kind of things. Yeah, um, I love that in many of horror that when he's okay, doing that it. was the next one I was going to go to, because when I listened to this concert, I was like, if that's not a lead single off of one of their albums, I would be completely and utterly surprised. Yeah. And I looked it up and it was. Yeah. But he, he's playing those like on those octaves for that. Bridge, and everybody in the crowd is just singing their version of that. And it was. It, yeah, you can't help but, like, I don't know if, no, probably even before COVID because I loved it then. But it was just, like, I was, the more I watched this, the more I realized how starved I am for, like, a concert and a show and, like, being out in that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because before, like, I would have just skipped around through this concert to get to the songs that I really like. And mm-hmm. I was just loving it the whole way through from beginning to end, even though there are some of these songs where I'm like, all right, you know, that's good. Not my favorite song, but it's, yeah. it's them, and they're doing okay. Yeah, 
but in 2021, I can skip that part and go to the next one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was a few, not that I would, that grew on me, that they were better the third, fourth time mm-hmm. through, and it was just because I was a little more familiar with them, but on the first time, it was just like, this is the one that I would skip if I was listening <laughs> to this on my own, Yeah, until I got to the ones that I liked. Um like there's no um, such thing as a jaggy snake. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have skipped that one. Yeah. It was weird. It, I mean, it was cool once I like. It was saw metal, what they were doing. you know. But it's not me. Like I don't get yeah. that song. I appreciate what he's doing because the stuff he was playing seemed pretty complicated. But right, and that's the part that's throwing me off about them is you're just like really like them, and I'm like, they're a little harder than anything else you've ever mentioned listening yeah. to. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I think it's because of they are so good on the other stuff. That's just like, all right, we'll let them go crazy on this one for a while. Yeah, and you can like, you can appreciate that in some of their music too. They will go through all of those different things. Like, they, it will start light and it will go berserk and it will come back and then it'll go completely balls to the wall screaming. I don't know what he's talking about. Back to the acoustic guitar and we're gonna play this part now and then we're gonna do this and it's. I, I think they just approach it with this is what we're doing, you know. Yeah, and it's the only one that I really noticed was Black Chandelier. Is like the bridge went real heavy for, like the whole rest of the song was pretty chill, and then they went just bonkers for just like a minute. Yeah, and then they came back and went right to it, and I was like, why did you go there? Yeah, I think eh, okay. Live it goes on a lot longer than it does on the album, but they were also doing that. Who did like insane weird stuff in the little pauses and breaks? Oh yeah, yeah. was that that was a different one, wasn't it? Well, he did it I on think. two songs. The one he was, uh, was I'm a fire and a burn, burn, burn tonight. He was going. He did that in there where he's just like, like, and it was just like, oh yeah, it's so weird, but I like it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I like that he's just having fun playing a song he's probably played nine thousand times now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Hmm. yeah overall um i could hear a lot of influence i could i just looked at a little bit of the comments and you could tell there were some biffy fans in the comments because they weren't putting up with um outsiders coming in <laughs> oh, yeah. and like it was pretty harsh because it was like oh blah 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 and then there was 27 comments telling them how stupid they were oh yeah you don't you don't mess with hardcore biffy plants and i i wouldn't mess with the scots either (laughs) because they'll cut (laughs) you they'll cut you and then they'll sing about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, I, thought it, um, I thought it was really funny. This is going in a completely different direction. But okay. um, before Watson was born, one of the last vacations Tiffany and I took, we stopped at a small town in uh, it was Virginia or Maryland. I can't remember. Called Kilmarnock. And I okay. remember talking to the inn. It was Kilmarnock Inn. And I was talking to the innkeeper. Um, and I was like, what does Kilmarnock mean? And he goes, it's a family name. And I was like, there's a family? Like, He's like, no, it's – he said, fun fact – it only exists one other place in the world. And two, there's no more, like, in the United States, there's only two cities that have one name. Like, anywhere else, like, there's, like, 5,000 Mechanicsburgs. 
in the sure. United States and and all of that. Um, I wasn't articulating that correctly, but there's only one Kilmarnock in the United States, gotcha. and there's only one okay. Kilmarnock, and it's in Ireland, and that's where the bass player and the drummer are from. <laughs> I did see I did see that. Now that you talk about that, yeah, that made me feel special, even though they're yeah. not related at all. No, <laughs> I could hear their influence um from other bands a lot there was a lot of things i could hear a heavy nirvana influence okay coming through and i saw somewhere on a quick article that it was saying yep he was a big kirk Cob- oh because i went and found many of horror and then there was they did an unplugged album mm-hmm. an mtv unplugged album and then there was comments talking about how they were just so enamored that they got to do this because nirvana got to do this <laughs> and just the appreciation there um they seem to be pretty humble dudes like they they're always very appreciative when they're on interviews and stuff like that and like i was surprised i i could tell and i'm like i said i'm surprised that they didn't say it there's just like we have thanks for letting us have the coolest job in the world mm-hmm to come up here with no shirts and sparkle pants and just rock our butts off for two hours. I think I'm going to get hot and sweaty. Dude. Nice. (laughs) Uh, And just get hot and sweaty and everybody sings along and you just have this collective moment and they get paid for that. Mm. Like you could tell they appreciated it, or at least I felt like I could, I could see they didn't take this for granted. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't get up there and just fumble their way through some songs. But. Right. This was this is their life, this is their passion and 45,000 people got to go along with them for a few a few moments. Yeah. yeah. They they were doing an interview the first time they headlined this festival. Um and he was talking about, you know, I always want to do the accent when I start talking for them, but I can't do it. Is is like, you know, for years we drove around in a van and the only food we had to eat were, I guess they're like, I would call them Walmart brand, like corn dogs, for lack of a better okay. way to say it. Is like, and it was back before like most hotel rooms had microwaves and things like that, nor were they actually mm-hmm. staying at places, but they, in, in Ireland or Europe or whatever, I guess space heaters are a thing like that you have to plug into the wall to heat a room sure. up. And that was yep. the only way they could cook these little things that they were eating. And he said it would take two and a half hours. Like they would come home from a show at like three o'clock in the morning, so hungry because they hadn't eaten all day. They just played a show and they had to wait two and a half hours to heat up these corn dog things on a space heater. Because if you put them on the radiator, it would melt the packaging so they couldn't eat them then. But all they had the money for were those those like corn doggy things and they had to heat them up on a space heater. Um, and that's how they were living for like their first three albums. So um, it just put, kind of puts it in perspective. Most bands right now, if you were a, just a small-time touring band, you, you're probably starving to death, especially through COVID and all of that. Sure. I looked online to see if they were coming to America anytime soon, and unfortunately they're not. I know, I'm so because Because I know the second they release a U.S. tour date... You are going to call me and say, get your butt here. We are going to the show. And I will say, 
game effing on. I'm on the fifth. Uh, I think it would probably be a tremendous concert to go see. Just an experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. There were, there were a few comments talking about, I remember seeing them in Detroit at this whatever bar, and there was 100 people. And I'm like, I bet they shone like they were even better in a small space. Like they, that energy would have just carried a lot better. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. They probably talked on a gigantic to people like on a one-to-one basis in the middle of the show and like nice shirt mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I could see them being that type of band. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw Cracking jokes. Yeah. I saw a few, uh, bootleg things on YouTube when they were in Philadelphia, like 10 years ago. Yeah. I came to him too late, so. Oh well, yeah. But you got him now. I got him now, and it just keeps getting better. Just keeps getting better. All right, let's do it. All right, are they technically great? I'll let you answer this. This is going to be tricky too, because I feel like a lot of it's on the sound guys at that beginning there, and I don't yeah. know if it was the st- excuse me the storm and the rain and all of that, or. Yeah. Okay. So technically, recording wise. Okay, let me backtrack. Musically-wise, technically, I think they're really good. For a live band, a three-piece, he's hitting most of his parts most of the time. And when they're playing, they're like I said, I felt them as a unit and not as three guys on a stage playing the same songs. Yeah. They were a band. So technically, I loved them there. I think they were great. Brought in energy... They performed well, all that kind of stuff. Technically, on the recording, uh, those vocals fell flat so many times. The guitars shone. Like, I could tell. And then I saw later that he, he, the the guitarist, what did you say his name was, Simon? Yeah, Simon Neal. Yeah. I, w- I saw that he was on the pedal show and all that stuff, which is a YouTube... We mentioned it earlier, but it's a YouTube show where... Guys geek out about guitar gear and mm-hmm. pedals and all that kind of stuff. He also just came out with and, his own pedal, too, by the way. Ooh, it, okay. <laughs> and I could hear the guitar, and I was like, this guy's a guitar geek. I can tell just by how he's playing and the sounds and the tones that he have that are coming through. So I love that. Bass, drums, it was all equal. Just his vocals kept falling flat for me every time. I'm like... I can't understand a freaking word this guy is saying, and I don't think it's because his Scottish accent, because his his accent only really came out on the slower stuff mm. for me, especially the, the acoustic guitar one. Like he would say down and about, uh-huh. you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. He would definitely get real Scottishy, which, I mean, makes sense. So... But that's on the sound people. That's not on them. And it, and it, it was it was the BBC. Like it wasn't for lack right. of technology or funding. Right. That's for darn right. sure. Yeah. Because I know the BBC is not going to have some young kid that doesn't know what he's doing in there. They they have got, got some top notch audio engineers producers in there. They just had to bump up the vocals a little bit, make I mean, them a little louder. Yeah. But, and then you could hear the audience well, so it just fell off. So for them, I say they were technically great. It's unfortunate this this actual concert 
filming, production, sound, I don't think it was technically great. It was good. Mm-hmm. They they captured the energy and the rawness and a lot of who they were very well. But as a listening to a concert from just a few years ago, this wasn't like a 1984 concert no. or a 97 concert or a 1972 concert. This was 2017. Yeah. It should have been on point. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been one of those, I think. And I agree. I, I think it should have been one of those ones where we're scratching our head like, did they overdub that? Is that really what they were doing? Um, but yeah, I, I think, and and I think their live show is much more about the energy and the the rock and roll than to, than the doing it right. <laughs> right, it, and, you know? and everybody knew all the words anyway that were there. <laughs> and that's the thing: if you're going to go see a band, you know, at least for me, when I went and saw a band, other than when other people drug me along to concerts. I went to them because I knew their songs. Yeah. And I wanted to sing along with them and that sort of thing. So as an outsider coming in, it was I didn't know the words, but you know them, so you probably were like, I know, they're singing this and that and this. (laughs) So I think they were great. The production was wrong, so I don't know how that lands. I think we're we're just one then. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Are they emotionally great? What say you, Andrew? Hmm. Uh, yeah, once I was able to look up some lyrics and figure out some stuff that they were talking about, they were t- they were talking about some pretty pretty deep stuff, pretty emotional things. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about folding stars at all, but that one definitely popped out when I first heard it, too. I was like, this means something, even though I couldn't tell what he was singing. I was like... This means something, this song. I can feel it. Yeah. I can hear it in how they're performing. And then turns out it was a song that he wrote about his mother that passed away. And I guess they've only played it, what, a, a dozen? Dude, it would be so tw- hard to play. Like, could you imagine that? Like, just standing up on stage and having to, like, like, you're not performing a song. Like, that's a piece of his life, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're instant, like songs at least that I've written that were very meaningful to me and not written just to get done, you know, like I'm right back in that moment, you know? And like, you're not asking the artist to sing a song. You're asking them to die again. You know, like you're Mm -hmm. asking him to relive all of your emotions. Yeah. You know? Um, and that one really does come across. Um, it took, it was probably the third time I listened to the concert that I was listening to that one. I was like, and it, and it did that little thing in my brain, like, wait a minute, something has changed here. And I went back, I was like, what, what is this song, you know? And yeah, I did the same thing you did. So it was... I watched two or three of him playing it acoustic. Mm-hmm. There was one where he did it in a cathedral somewhere. Oh, and it was just like, you could see he was like, shut down the emotions inside, push them down, complete the song let's go yeah but at the same time it was just you could see that inner battle as well yeah yeah they don't, so, they don't leave much to the imagination um i like too that the, they they approach like he's clearly been through some crap relationships um where he's been at fault where she's been at fault where this or that um and he writes from mm-hmm. all of those different points of view uh which i really appreciate it's not just like she's a butthead 
You know, it was like, I screwed this up. I screwed that up. He was like, I'm super clingy. Yeah. I will stalk you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of deal. I, I got that vibe out of the one song. Yeah, you could. But then the, the other one that was really, the lyric I could actually hear was like, you're going to leave me like a used car, like all all alone, yeah. not being used or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, those, you left, I, I don't have the lyrics. You exactly, left my heart but... like an abandoned car, all worn out, no use at all. But I used to be yeah. free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that line, it was just like, ooh, that's some good song. And then there was a couple bits where when I could hear them, I was like, There's, their songwriting is pretty good. And it's... Yeah. Um, I I would definitely check check that emotional great box. They they hit a bunch of different stuff, okay. even though the music sort of stays consistent. Like like I said before, I think they just have a sound, and then they just sing over top of it. <laughs> okay, so we're one for two. Packaging sequence. Dudes walked out onto the stage with that ho ho ho. and they're shirtless and he's in sparkle pants and then they just stand there and i was like okay it's gonna be one of those concerts (laughs) and then it was yeah there's a um so that year as well like that that whole tour started with that song you know every time they did a show the one time they come Mm -hmm. out and he had a a crown of flowers on his head and i was just like it's too perfect it's too oh, I can see him totally doing that. Man yeah. bun. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then just, bah! <laughs> they go nuts, and it's just like, yeah. I don't know why, but that's doing something for me. It's this beautiful balance of uh, masculinity and femininity and just all of it. Yeah. It was just like wandering this path in between both, and it was just like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, I was not surprised when they walked out on the stage what we were getting into. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, so, yeah. Two for three. Yep. All right. Honesty and authenticity. From what I could see, they are who they are, and they don't give two craps about you if you don't (laughs) like them or not. But this is also sort of like a homecoming thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it just seems like they are who they are. You could just feel that in there talking to the crowd and the one, oh, I think it was the end of Rearrange where he screws up and he is just like, I got caught up. I lost my train of thought. I was watching you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's where I, I think I got that. Yeah. He like, sings the I first appre- verse <laughs> in the second verse and he yeah. just totally like, the, then he just stops. He's like, I'm not going to try to recover. We'll just let everybody else sing. <laughs> and everybody else sing. Yeah. They're, they're like, we got you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so I have no doubt that those guys are those guys on stage and off stage. Like that's not an act, even though they are performing. Got a, a shtick and a performance and an act. I don't think they are that far off, and you can confirm that. You've seen a bunch of interviews and stuff, and it feels like they are who they're presenting. They are, yeah. Yeah, I, Simon, the, the lead singer's generally a little more quiet and a little more reserved. Um, but I don't know if that's also, I need to save my energy and my voice because I have to go scream for two hours in a little bit, you know? like So there's a little bit, I think, some some technicality there. But 
Yeah, I I agree with you. Like he has a guitar sound that he sticks to. Um and it's just that's what he likes to do. The bass is pretty consistent. Like he goes into fuzz sometime the drummer um I think is the only one that I wasn't as impressed with. I really like the beats that the bass player was playing and and they seemed to be his own. Like I couldn't match them to like oh there's other guys that kind of play like this. Like his were kind of this this he does a lot of bump bump like he holds like the high notes with like a beat and a half and slides them like rather than slide up to the note there was a lot of like hold the third come back to the first it, I I appreciated it it because mm-hmm. it's not a rhythmic choice like it, it's interesting um, and the drummer I think was probably the most straightforward but I love that they change. Like, yeah, the the music seemed to fit how they were talking and how they were like the music has all these twists and turns. And like, I wouldn't have put two and two together the same as I wouldn't put man in sequin pants and long hair coming out to, uh, you know, this and that and, and, you know, an organ and choir, you know, to take the stage. Just nor would I think three people would make that much sound together, you know, like. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's almost cacophonous, but I think it's, yeah, honest and authentic to who they are. Sorry, that was a little bit of me trying to process how much I love somebody, but not let that get in the way. I was trying to beat back the monsters there. Sure. Well, and you were talking about him. I mean, I've seen that out of a lot of these front men that are just sort of masters, like, it's debatable about how great Kurt Cobain was, or at least what Nirvana turned into, and I think he realized that. But they were saying there was they were saying, yeah, he was super quiet and dealing with so much pain and all that kind of stuff. But then he would come alive when they played music, and it mm-hmm. and I know that was a big influence on him. That what I saw, yeah, Billy so Corgan, kind of a lot like that as well. It was always really yeah, quiet. Right. In you interviews. could probably go into like. Maybe Jim Morrison was kind of that way a little bit. Maybe a little Jimi Hendrix. Just these people that are just so... Maybe Freddie Mercury, too, I think. He sort of laid a little low. Like, as extravagant as he was, but if you just caught him, like, when he was Freddie, (laughs) like, he was... It seemed like he was a pretty chill kind of guy. So it's like this weird balance thing. Hmm. All right. But, yeah. So we're three okay. for four. Uh, yep. is whole the... band, just give it to them and move on. Okay, whole band, they got it. <laughs> Six, am I changed? <laughs> I think we've said it already. Yeah. Like, they are Biffy Clyro. They are not three dudes on a stage playing music together. Yeah, I think if any one of them left, it would screw the whole thing up. It would be oh, really they're done. weird. Yeah. I don't think they would continue. I don't. That's one of those bands, like, they're not going to be Leonard Skinner playing 20 years down the line with four different new guys and only the one original player it's going to be like well the family has divorced and everybody has taken sides <laughs> good night yeah. oh that'll be a sad day that'll be a real sad day maybe who knows it'll be a sad day for me andy because i sure am honestly changed by this band. yeah <laughs> No, seriously, yeah. like if we're so we're four for five going into am mm-hmm. I changed? I clearly am. I'm interested in you, though. Like what has this done anything for you? Um, I, I've I've the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. The more 
I, I could appreciate it. And the more I was reading the lyrics, I was liking it more because it wasn't just we're being crazy musically, but we are adding depth to it with what we're talking about. Um, I'd have to sit on this a little more and read some more lyrics and get into some studio albums to really get the full extent of it. But I I think I will be. Um because you, you kept going Biffy Clyro, Biffy Clyro, Biffy Clyro, Biffy Clyro at me. And I'm just like, dude, okay, I get it. And then I would listen to a couple songs and I'd be like, yep, they, they're like a band that does like soft stuff and then they go really hard. And they're Scottish and I can't understand them. But once you get past that sort of first initial things, it's just like you can tell they're they're doing this with passion and just, I, I don't know. They're doing this as art, mm-hmm. and this is a piece of them that they're sharing with the world kind of thing in true artistic form. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I'm appreciative of it. I think it I think it has changed. Um, I was having a conversation with my father, and he was saying about, well, it changed. Did it change music, though? Not just you. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, think about that because we were talking about Michael Jackson and it was like yeah I don't think I'm changed but he certainly did change the music yeah um and I was thinking about that was sort of rolling through my head thinking about this concert as well I don't and think maybe for well go ahead go ahead I was no, gonna no, say go I ahead. don't I don't think they're doing I don't think they're innovative I don't think that's what's going on I I I think that they're that their greatness, in my opinion, comes through in just their them being a hundred percent who they are, like and playing sure. rock and roll, which mm-hmm. you can't really. But uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, the innovative part being the use of a Stratocaster to make some of those sounds, which I mean, they didn't do on purpose. He kind of fell ass backwards into it, and it worked, you know, which is what it is like but it's not a purposefully innovative so i wouldn't say no music wasn't changed that way but sure i mean he well, does get we, attention for it sure and we have the disadvantage of once again we have this great big body of water in between us mm-hmm. and it does something weird sometimes <laughs> um where did i i don't know what the culture is and I mean, did they change stuff for Scottish performers? It was just like, look how big these guys can be. I mean, so I mean, um, I can't think of any Scottish bands off the top of my head. Like these guys would be the first on my radar, and I mean, they've won. Where Where's you two from? I don't know. I don't <laughs> see that shows maybe it shows our naiveness here, or our ignorance. I'm gonna ask but... the Google box real quick. Okay, where's you two from? Ireland. Ireland. There there we go. Not Scotland. Okay. I don't know if there is there a difference. I am so lost now. We're getting way too technical. (laughs) Where's Scotland and Ireland? They got to be two different places, right? Are they all a part of the United Kingdom? Well, I mean, if we do that, then we have to include Radiohead and almost and Coldplay and all of that. Well, there's that one CG Gray or whatever. C.P. Gray, that's got a video. He does, like, cartoon videos on YouTube. About what's explains, what? Yeah. yeah. Hexagons are the best, bestagons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He does one where he breaks down 
what makes up the United Kingdom and mm-hmm. and England and all that kind of stuff. So I had a good friend in New we'll York just from link- Wales, and he was very offended when I would say things a certain way. <laughs> that is not right, how that is. <laughs> I was like, okay, there I you didn't go. know. I didn't know. My bad. <laughs> My B. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll just be two uh, ignorant, arrogant uh, American guys. America! So allowing you to where, be ignorant where do we since fall? its inception. <laughs> I know where I fall. I want to know where you One, fall. Oh two, my! My screen just went black. Come back, buddy. I need to get a better Come monitor. Back. He's coming uh, back. So yeah, I would Whoop. say musically, I am changed. I think this will fall into my rotation. Um, I'll, I'll want to be coming back to this. Oh, good. And, and getting to know what makes them, them, why is there, they are the thing that they are. Sorry, my monitor went black again. I, that makes me so happy. You have no freaking idea. <laughs> oh. Then yeah, yeah. Uh, Go to the studio they... stuff. Cause you'll get the vocals a lot better there and, it, sure. and it'll help you. And the second they have a U.S. tour, we're buying tickets and we're going. Yeah, I'm down. That's that's for sure. If anybody wants to help fund that, you, you let us know. Well, we got to wait for them to announce it because <laughs> it's probably going to be 2023 until that happens. Then we just then we get in a boat and we just start rowing. We'll get across to see them plenty of time. Ooh. Well, what if we do that? What if the we greatest... just fly over there and just like go from concert to concert with it? Like just like go to like ten concerts and then come back. I'd be happy with just one, but okay. The Greatest Music Podcast does Europe. <laughs> and the episodes are only Biffy Clyro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could find a bunch of other stuff over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard and what my friends in New York used to tell me, the music's a lot, a lot more widely accepted and wanted over there than it is here. It's considered a true art form instead of just a piece of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not something to be consumed. It's something to to participate with. And you know, like you go to a bar there and it's not just some dude playing music in the background. Like people are singing along and there's, you know, local songs and this and that. It's just a part of the, the fabric of the, the culture. Whereas like you don't go to a bar here and somebody's singing God bless America and everybody has their beer in the air. God bless America, like, but, but you know, no, they get ignored in the background. Yeah, yeah, or booed. They're the same, or told to shut they're up. They're the equivalent of music. Yeah, or they have to play somebody else's songs, like, to be considered and worth listening to. Like, it's just not like that. From from what my friends Good used old to tell cover me, cover band. Yeah, yeah, people hmm. want to hear other people's music there. So, probably why it cool. doesn't work here. <laughs> you know probably yeah. yay this makes me so happy it's like the best birthday gift ever <laughs> I finally found a band that's great <laughs> and I like them <laughs> uh, alright everybody all right. I want to know if you think they're great too I want you to get on Instagram Facebook the one with the bird and the iPod and I want you to say, Mon the Biff. Mon the Biff. 
I still don't know what you're talking about, but I want to know. It's just it's just a thing from their concerts, and apparently they have a lot of shirts that say Biffy says this or Biffy says that. It's like cheeky things like that, like Biffy says. Relax. Well, Biffy says go 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 to social media and tell them they're great. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say, and then they also say Biffy says go to your favorite podcasting app and say this is your favorite episode, and recommend it to all your friends. Yeah, all your friends. We know you have some. Probably haven't yep. seen him in a while, but that's okay. Yep. And then, and then meet us back here next week. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, we've got a little list here. I still have it on the desk. Good. Um, we've got our head-to-head death cab episode. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we've got your our curveball. <laughs> You know which one I'm talking bubble, about? Bubble, 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 guff, guff, yep. <laughs> um, Roy Clark. Oh, let's do Roy Clark. Can we do Roy Clark next week? Sure. And then, uh, yeah, I think we have two episodes before the beach. Okay. Because that's going to be Beach so. Boys and surf music and yeah. Laurel Canyon and all of those things. Thanks, Jan. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Roy Clark, next week. Greatest music podcast. Whatever you can find. (laughs) Because I don't think that's going to be an easy one. Okay, so we'll just throw a bunch of links down in the description to get started and then listen to anything else you can find. Yeah. So we're just doing him as an artist as a whole. I think that's going to probably be the best way to go about it because I'm not sure. Well, yeah. Because I don't want to, like, find some off thing that's really not the best, like, capturing of his stuff. I don't know him that well. This is a new journey. Like, he's a new journey for me. Um, So, yeah. Cool. All right. Let's do it. We got our homework set out for us this week. (laughs) There we go. And we'll see him in the future with Roy Clark. All right. We'll see you in the future. 